Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link. Hi, this is Elizabeth Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. Elizabeth, we're here. Um, it's a Monday morning. It's the day before the big DC rally, which... Uh, which uh, looking forward to attending, which our man, I'm sure, uh, is our guest, is uh, probably aware of. But I, I really want to introduce to someone very special. He's uh, dying for an organization called Eretz Chemda, which I've known about probably for, wow, t- over 20 years. Um, just a little bit of disclosure, I actually worked, I was a consultant, or I, was, I helped uh, this special organization, Eretz Chemda, a long time ago, well before the Jewish Link got started, and I, I came into the orbit of a fellow by the name of Yosef Carmel, and, uh, but uh, Eretz Chamda is an institution that's been around, and I look at it as basically a super cola, <laughs> okay? That's not the right word for it. It's a, I would, uh, I'm not even sure there's a, there's a proper parallel for it in the United States, but basically it's a group of majority from the Datilumi community, but not necessarily of Dayanim and uh, Torah scholars, leaders, whose goal was basically we want to create uh, we want to make sure that we want to have Dayanim on a, operating on a very high level, okay? And the only way to do that is to create Tamidei Chachamim, okay? And there are a lot of ways of doing that. And uh, uh, one of the, I mean, and, and I know the organization's grown and grown and grown since. Um, they, there is a kolal training Dayanim with a goal, actually, of making sure that almost in every city in Israel where they can, that they that they have Dayanim sitting um on the Bateidin, so to speak, and and as part of that, uh, they're also doing. There's also their like when it comes to halacha in a innovative er- areas of er- you know technology and halacha areas of halacha that you know we need to address. And Rabbi Man is, I think, I guess you're the only you're the main ole, I guess, the senior ole in the on the several, but I'm the uh, the first. You're the first ole, first you know ole. Thirty-five uh, years ago. Right, and I guess in many ways for for the U.S. The English-speaking audience, uh, you know, kind of a, a face for us is also a weekly. Or a, a Daniel Man, a Daniel Man is as our is a columnist for the Jewish Link, um, and uh, we we you've been writing for us for about a year, and we welcome you to the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast, and uh, welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. By us, it's already Rosh Chodesh. Ah, that's right. That's, that's right. correct. That's I forgot right. about that. Yes, Chodesh mm-hmm. Tov. So the the columns that you've been writing over the past year have been consistently interesting, fascinating approaches to questions that we don't always get. Uh, they're they're very deep in depth, which is something that's hard to do in eight hundred words. But somehow you're able to deliver that every week, so we're appreciative of it. Um, and I think the reason for um, us wanting to get you on the podcast today, Rabbi Mann, was because uh, over the last weeks in Israel, the questions about pekuach nefesh and the questions about sort of wartime halacha have started to come up more and more. Um, and certainly the Obviously, the day that the war broke out was different from subsequent days and subsequent decisions, but we're really interested in understanding what kind of halachic parameters uh, the Rebbeim are using in Israel. Um, and I think we do look to you guys as really a, a solid um 
perspective that is similar in many ways to the American Orthodox community. And we, I guess we seek more, we seek more information, more understanding. Uh, and I guess if, if you wanted to talk a little bit about the principles of Pekuach Nefesh as it started and then how it's going uh, as it related to the war, I thought that would be really interesting if you could share with us. Okay. Um, um, the, the matter of Pekuach, thanks for, thank you very much for having me and having me on a weekly basis and having me uh, this evening or this afternoon by you. Um, I wrote, uh, I decided to write for uh, my col- my weekly column uh, about Pikuach Nefesh twice. Once about general Pikuach Nefesh principles, and once about, I think by you is coming out this week, if I'm not mistaken, about Pikuach Nefesh being different when you're talking about a state. We're talking about decisions about the masses. I'm not going to get into all the details, which the people who can can read uh, can read in the uh, in the different in your publication, other places where it exists, um, certainly um, the fact that you can be doche Shabbat and, and other almost any other mitzvah to save a life uh, is well known um, to a great extent. In order to the it's so well known, while there are many halachic questions about it. The biggest question usually is, what's going on? What's what we call the mitziyut? What's, what's the situation? How dangerous is something? What are the ways of solving the problem? And that's why I'm a little bit uh, reluctant to get into details because things change from time to time. Uh, certain questions I got in the first week about what are we going to do with the first Shabbat, about uh, having um, having computers on or televisions on to, to, to be up to date, to know what does the siren mean and the siren of the disaster, or is just one one or two missiles, which will hopefully, only one or two missiles, hopefully we get uh, get shot down by our system, Bezrat Hashem. And, and, even, uh, and even further than that, even like just hearing the news, just what's going on, you can, one can make a case for. So. Well, it can make a case. That would certainly be different. That would, that would not be the Pikuach Nefesh realm. So... Um, on the one hand, I still looking into it. On the other hand, they were saying it's got to be, even though the country is doing a million things at the same time, the chief rabbinate will come out with something before Shabbat about what to do. The government will come out with a silent station, which makes uh, gives information only when there is a, a need. Uh, as we had, I made Dali a long time ago in the, the, the Iran-Iraq war, the, the Scuds shot at Israel. We had such a situation. And indeed, uh, thank God the country was ready in time with instructions. And then when people had asked me, I just maybe helped apply to their case, specific case, uh, older person, younger person, more nervous, you know, advice about how to implement. The most important thing is is knowing uh, is knowing the situation. Um, we have an Eretz Hamda. It's a kolel of about two two main programs, about thirty of Rishem. The Beit Midrash is pretty empty these days because uh, to get into Eretz Hamda, you need to have served in the army, unless there was a special reason, like you weren't drafted yet. When I entered 35 years ago, I had not yet been drafted, uh, but subsequently I served. Um, Can I just interrupt you? I just want to say as an aside, yeah. the, some of the meat for me personally, I don't know if Elizabeth the same, but I want you to know for us in the community here, seeing some of the images of 
the Torah leaders, Rabbanim, Ramen, whatever, you know, in, in, in full uniform. Sometimes it seems like they're actually part of the unit, so they're not just chaplains even. They're, they're just they're doing oh, the reserve. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We have, we have guys in the Kolo, big young Talmudists of Samin, who are the commanding officer, not religious commanding, commanding officer happens to be religious, happens to be a Talmud Chacham. Commanding officer for cold for for every, you know, for all uh, practical purposes and formal purposes. What I was gonna what I was gonna say was how powerful those images are of this guy, you know, on the front giving the So I'm just saying, just uh, then we'll get back to it. But I just that's been a very powerful image for I think the religious for the for I guess our community. I know at least they've been powerful to me. That's very, what I thought. Very yeah. beautiful in a yeah. in a very positive and. Uh, life-affirming, Judaism-affirming way. Right. So um, we have, uh, I'm not much of a social media person. I have two uh, WhatsApp groups that I'm actively part of. One is an American rabbi's group. Uh, I guess I'm an American rabbi, even if I'm in Israel. I'm a little bit, can be uh, one foot in, uh, in each uh, each side of the ocean. Um, so I take part in that. I take part in an internal Eretz Chemda. Uh, WhatsApp group, and we have guys in different places. Again, few of them in the base medish. Almost all of them are in the front. And questions come up, halachic questions. Other questions come up, and you know, often I take part. I say, you know, my word in that. I'm about 25 years older than most of the of the guys. Um, when it comes to questions argue about implementing things, pikuach nefesh shabbat, things like that, I rarely take part. I can if I want to, but I uh, finished the army as a corporal. If you know your ranks, it's not all that high. <laughs> I went in, I entered the army when I had three children. Uh, I was uh, excused from the army when I had six. I served for several years. Um, of, I never felt that I got to the level of understanding of what it is to be at war. I was not at war. I was in Tafada and guard duty, things like that. So if you're not up to... Uh, to speed on the specifics, just like you wouldn't want somebody paskining a shayat pikuach nefesh if they're not a doctor or a nurse or somebody, you know, to, to telling you that that wound bad enough, not bad enough, on matters of, of, of this nature, you want to go to the experts. And Baruch Hashem, we have a wonderful army, including in the religious services of the army. And we rely upon them. We have the, the fingers on uh, the finger on the pulse of what's going on there to make the rulings. I have been. You know, it was well, one time I heard a certain ruling, and I said to myself, "Well, I don't think I would have said that." And the person who mentioned it to me, I didn't say to them, "You know, I don't, I don't agree," for two reasons. First of all, because I don't know enough, and maybe the person who did it knows the situation better than I and understands the dangers that I wouldn't have thought. And second of all, it's very important that we that the system works, that people can trust uh, the army as long as there are you know, responsible people doing it. And Baruch Hashem, there are many, many responsible people doing incredible work. Um, they're the ones who should be doing it. So I wrote a Nefesh from understand the principles of it. And the one which I think is coming out this week by you about how it's different in Israel and that one decision is going to affect directly thousands or tens of thousands or nine million people, um, how the rules of pikuach nefesh change uh, as a result.
You, you refer to it as micro. I think you said the, the first one was micro macro, I guess, or I don't know. That's a... Yeah. This one was more general. The second one was more focused on focused on Israel based on the teachings of Rabbi Israeli, who is the founding uh, president and mentor of the Kola, one of the big poskim of the, uh, the 20th century. Not only in Israel, but certainly especially in Israel, it had a very formative role in the development of halacha in Israel. I'll just share with you an interesting case. Again, I'm not asking you for psak, but I'm just there's something there's something that happened in the community that we just I want to share with you, and I'm sure it's probably something you're aware of. One of the one of the uh, groups of soldiers, I think, were basically told they had leave 24 hours erev Shabbat into Shabbat. You got that? Meaning, like they were given t- 24 hours. Okay, Friday morning, be back Shabbos morning. That's the that's that was the leave. Okay, they were a religious a religious group. And it uh, happens to be that there was a group from Teaneck that was around the commi- this, this group at the time that they were hearing about this. And it came up like, what do they do? You know, for their fa- their, they wanted to see their family, but they, they weren't sure what to do, meaning like they, they didn't want to go travel back. And apparently they, they asked, and uh, the, question, the questions were like, could their family travel? To the, the, it was basically a whole cascading series of issues of Shabbos issues. This is one of the major things that's uh, that's come up um, and uh, dealt with. I, I you know, you, you tweak the the, uh, the circumstances a little bit, and the answer changes. So I'd rather not go into every you know every permutation uh, and the changes. You know, person stage in the war, what their job is. Um, uh, that's one thing. That was sometimes we had some heated arguments on the. On the WhatsApp group about that type of question, you know, it's a very big deal. On the one hand, pikuach nefesh is so important, and all sorts of things affecting the the army, including psychology, can play a very big role. Uh, I mean, as far as pikuach nefesh didn't start with wars, they uh, maybe it started with wars, but uh, you have questions about a woman going to the hospital, about doctors going. If people have this question on a regular basis: Can somebody go along with the woman? Can a husband go along? Or if Moshe has a tshuva. The psycho- psychological um, matters to her presence of mind can also be pikuach nefesh. So these things factor in and make things um, a little can be a little bit dynamic. As somebody you know, so you just have a cookie cat a cutter answer, it might not work out correctly. So that is one of the major questions that we have been getting. Sometimes it's answered by one's unit rabbi, and sometimes it's not practical. Somebody we have to make a, a snap decision himself, uh, or his chance to get to his Rosh Hashiva, to his Rosh Kolel, to his brothers, you know, Rosh Hashiva, whoever, whoever, Rav, etc., whoever's going to come up with the answer. But those certainly amongst the most important, the uh, most frequent questions that come up. On the one hand, Pikuach Nevish, on the one hand, for the right person, going the extra mile for Shabbat is also nothing to, uh, to dismiss lightly. So, uh, yeah, these those are very... If, were, if the circumstances were in a, a different uh, or a different nature, I would say exciting. Uh, I'll just share... I'll, 
I just want to share with you the the the, uh, the, the follow up on this case because you'll, you'll I think you'll like it. And by the way, I actually like what we said before the cameras. I like the uh, I like what you said that line, which is I'd rather deal with the questions rather than the answers. Um, I just I just want to, I mean, that's kind of what you're saying. I just like the way it, way it came across. By the way, in this situation, just so you should know, the the soldiers were given blanket uh, heter, so to speak, to go to and from the the hotel wherever. The the families were not. Okay, so the families basically said, okay, we're going to, maybe the only thing that they could do, they were only thing they were allowed to do was to go check into a hotel or be in a hotel near Ashdod or Ashkelon, I think it was Ashkelon, and, uh, but they weren't allowed to go back and forth on Shabbos. So, so the soldiers said, well, that's a big burden on our family, you know, uh, that's, you know, to ask them to come for half a Shabbos and we're going to leave anyway on Shabbos morning. So uh, this group from uh, Teaneck basically said, we'll cover the costs for all your families at a hotel um so that so they were able to basically spend you know friday night and i guess you know not much of shabbos morning but i guess Kabbalah, friday night they were able to spend together in some in some hotel so i thought that just uh just it was it but i'm saying they were asking they were asking a number of questions and i think they they had got a lot of no's you know a lot of you know but uh but in the end they they they, they worked it out so to speak visitation causes all sorts of you know all sorts of issues uh Rav Carmel uh, dealt with the questions of uh, a soldier who comes home and uh, we say it's not the right time of the month for his wife. And what happens if it's a situation, halacha is halacha. Things become a little bit more cloudy if it's a couple in which one is more religious than the other. And, uh, or if, uh, if a couple which they're not, they're traditional but not religious in the full sense and you know, dif- difficult choices of uh, what uh, what they will do if with permission, without permission, many very sensitive questions that uh, visitation uh, raises. Um, I, I had heard, but I actually I wasn't sure if I was going to raise that, but I had heard that there are a number of you know these questions whether to be mekel and hilchos in areas of nida. Um, I, I'd heard that that was an issue. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if there was an approach to it or there, there's, the permutations. There's, yeah. The permutations are very, very large, and you know it's uh, there's a limit to what one one can can do. But uh, again, when 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 you have situations involving so many people coming from so many different stripes, uh, it creates uh, real issues, which Baruch Hashem the Torah is equipped to deal with, and serious poskim, which I don't consider my posek, I consider myself a teacher of halacha, but. Uh, Poskim are able to have the, the shoulders to make decisions based on the uh, the specifics of the case, um, which can be very very powerful, and may change from from you know one case to another case, which seem very similar. At questions like that, kashrut. Everybody on both sides of all over the Jewish world, whether in Israel, want to help the soldiers, and so many people wanted to bring food, and there were many questions. Of people bringing cooking for a whole unit, and then yes, kosher, not kosher. The person said they use kosher, but that also took at a certain point. I understand the rabbinut said we just too many problems. Uh, it's not fair to the people there. We already we we have food for everybody. You can't bring cooked food from from uh, outside. I, I did. Um, I understood. I understand that there were some. Fancy restaurants in Tel Aviv, which don't usually have any yashkacha, 
who wanted to give. And they got Tashkacha in order that you should be able to get permission to, uh, to, to, to send food to the army, which is again, the, the amount of achtot and, and things that people are doing for each other. Uh, it's just a very big relief uh, after we're not always perfect uh, in that area. And uh, the improvement, uh, unfortunately, had to be on, on these circumstances, but embrace the good with that, that we have of tremendous amount of goodwill from different pe- types of people who don't usually get along. In Israel, you know, the brethren from abroad that I always, you know, feel quite connected to uh, certain the people, type of people I grew up with. Um, but people who knew nothing from from Jews of Chutzarts now all of a sudden get a list. This person's, these five people are, are, are davening for me. And this one sent me this and someone sent me that. And they sent my unit, uh, this, this equipment, that equipment. Uh, it's just been uh, very uplifting. Mm-hmm. As a teacher of halacha, you, the way you define yourself, um, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you're also seeing, uh, you know, it's early still, but um, it seems like there's more interest in halacha today. You know, I just, uh, I mean, people are, you know, we're being, you know, we're, we're being singled out for uh, for being Jews, so to speak. You know, people are more interested now. I'm, I'm just wondering if you're seeing that also, you know, from your perch in Eretz Yisrael, as uh, you're seeing that more interest in uh, Jewish law, halacha, observance. If if people are just, uh, you know, we're 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 getting uh, we're getting uh, you know hit with uh, you know raise money for tefillin campaigns. You know, every, all everyone is looking to take to don tefillin. I'm just wondering if you're if you're seeing that, and if you uh, if you have any thoughts on it, and also <laughs> if it has an impact on maybe uh, the work of our you know uh, of Eretz Chemda as well. Uh I mean, to to an extent, yes. We, uh, I said, the building became empty as far as most of our uh, of Rishim, most of our Kolo fellows are are in the field. Uh, but Baruch Hashem, we've been inundated with volunteers who have a section, a nice large section um, of the top floor of Eretz Chemda, and have been involved in uh, providing things for soldiers. The first and may, maybe overall the foremost thing that they've been doing, I imagine you've heard uh, in New Jersey as well, is making tzitzit. Making tzitzit um, uh, under our roof, probably a couple thousand were made. And, and, and there's, a, you know, there's a need for it. Not just, you know, you have them, maybe some put it on. No, we get calls from a unit. You know, we have uh, 30 guys in our unit who, who want the tzitzit. You know, can, can you get it? Uh, so that's Baruch Hashem happening under our roof. It's very nice to see people. At first, it was just we have a, a, a community of uh, mainly Anglos. Anglos uh, we have a minion uh, over Shabbat, the mornings at Eretz Chemdal. Um, and so, at first, with people from the Kila who would come making sitzes and having other provisions for soldiers. Uh, and then it expanded to people of all stripes, soldiers coming in. Retirees, kids, housewife—you name it. People come in. Been, some people have never been in the cold before. They come by. They look. They on the way up. They take a peek into the base medrash. Let me explain. This is this is a cold L, empty L because guys are are are, are in battle, um, and uh, yeah. So we do see the tzitzit. Uh, the first groups we helped make sure that they were doing it uh, doing it properly. Uh, have it down to a sites, and it's just a beautiful thing. The the shitufula, uh, the uh, partnership and cooperation between uh, diff- different groups. We have a wonderful kila by us. If I could do a shout out 
to Alex Katz and Tuvia Elbaum, who are there, Yomum Valayla, dealing with the volunteers and providing for the soldiers, um, hand in hand with the Kohel, uh, whatever we can help with, uh, we try to help. And yes, they're absolutely, you know, I, what we get from the field is that there absolutely is a, a greater interest. Uh, hopefully it will continue afterwards. Uh, but in addition to that, even somebody who's not doing it may not have putting on tzitzit, or maybe he is and plans to stop after he's not in battle. But this, you know, this, the traditional parts, there are many, many people who we wouldn't call quote unquote religious who don't to say the men do not wear yarmulkes if that would be, you know, a, a test. Maybe they make kiddush on Shabbat, they don't. They keep Shabbat. But the tremendous men as a whole gamut. Uh, in Israel, probably more so than in America. Um, and that side of the people is, you know, they're going back to some of their roots, you know, that uh, maybe a kid went to a, a religious elementary school and hasn't been religious since then, and now comes back to it, is reacquainted, and that's, uh, that certainly is something which is going on. Again, uh, is to a great extent, a new blackout of things going on in the uh, in the field for, for good reason. Uh, when somebody comes to, uh, gets out or, or, or visits, uh, then uh, sometimes we get stories that we previously had not gotten. Well, it's it's true that also in America, the if we could call it another front of this war, even though that's not, it's not a real front and it's not a real war, um, it's sort of a war of ideas or a war of words, but on college campuses, all of these people who essentially went to a nice private university uh, end up the only place where they feel comfortable right now is in Hillel and in the Chabad house. And roughly with the guard outside. Right, exactly. The ones with, with right. the guards. So the it it begs the question of what to do now with that at that moment um and to how to create a an experience it's sort of like you know grasping opportunity from the mouth of incredible pain and like like trying to make head or tails of all this threat that is actually happening on college campuses try to build something out of it uh, but we talked a, a little bit about it. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast before, but about the no, article. I, I think, by the way, in Israel, we're, we're, I think most people are aware of it. I know I, uh, I do add the personal requests in, in Shmon Asrei, basically beyond the 19th Brachot. Um, and when the war started, they say, oh, the new things to incorporate. And they start adding things for, you know, I always said something short about Hashem protecting us. But then the, the hostages and the soldiers, and after about a week or two, I, I you know, hearing the story, I said, one second, I need to add that Shem should protect our brothers in Chutzlar. It's from anti-Semitism of all different forms. Now I say that uh, three times a day because uh, that's, you know, uh, I'm a little, I'm too old to serve in the army anymore. But uh, so I'm sort of in the sidelines rooting and help, trying to help as much as I can. And the way the world is nowadays, you're not that farther away from the sidelines, you know, than I am. We all can do things. We can send a message. You can can provide. Can do can do that. And uh, really, 
everybody's involved. And to a great extent, the people going tomorrow uh, to Washington are soldiers, you know, soldiers perhaps without guns, or maybe they're, the guns are their feet. Are the tefillin and the tefillot and uh, and uh, doing things, and I think people there, you know, should be safe and should be effective and should be uh, should be inspired. And really, again, there's a feeling that uh, the the kids on the college campuses are brave soldiers when they stand up to uh, to bullying or however they deal with the situation. Um, that they're being uh, that they're doing important things for the for for Klaus and for themselves, because I think when this is over, hopefully, hopefully sooner, a lot sooner than than later, this will be have a happy conclusion. People will look back and and ask themselves, or maybe their kids will ask them, in twenty years from now, what did you do then? You know, what did you do? Six day war. I was two years old. I didn't do anything. Seventy three. I did a little. You know, as a Jew from Chutzlar, it's but I know my, my parents were involved and uh and everybody gets involved writing, giving, davening, an extra mitzvah, not talking the shonara. Everybody look back at, should be able to look back and say, I felt that I did something significant. You know, if I had been born in Israel or had made Aliyah earlier and I was able to serve in the army, that would have been incredible, perhaps scary, but also tremendous chut. And but I did what uh, I could do where I was in the situation I was in. By the way, not to put you on the spot, because um, but, but basically, I'm sure you're familiar with. I don't actually what they did in Israel. Maybe you could even enlighten me about about Avinu Malkin. You know, they we added a bunch of tefillot. I don't know what I don't know what what the uh, the postgim did. I don't know what I don't know what uh, Eretz Chemda's position has been. For example, they a number of the American rabbanim uh, added Avinu Malkinu. Um, you know, we've added now, you know, three Perak, you know, Perak of Tehillim now to the end of davening. By the way, most of the shuls in North America, I think, have stopped doing Avinu Malkeinu because the feeling was is that it was making it not uh, special anymore, not chashuv anymore. So I'm just saying, what's what is uh, what's Eretz? I mean, what's been and also then and there are other things like today, Rav Hershel Shechter called for today specifically to be a, a, a Yom Kippur Katan, like a fast day. Uh, I haven't heard any. So enlighten us in terms of you know the approach to, to these kinds of uh, positions and uh, and what's been done. As a small country it is, it's also a big country. So many places, I, I think there's almost nowhere no show that hasn't added something. Um, Eretz Chamda, we've been doing Tehillim after every Tefillah, and we did Avinu Makenu for a certain amount of time, and we didn't. Uh, then we stopped with Avinu Makenu. Today we did Yom Kippur Kotan, the special Slichot. Um, I didn't ask people what they would do. I, I fasted half a day. Uh, I used to be uh, a better faster, but. Uh, as a kidney donor, I'm not. It's, it's it's better that I don't fast more than I need to. So I did. Uh, I did half a day, um, but in my neighborhood there was you know a lot of Yom Kippur Katan uh, Midianin, uh, but um, everybody's everybody's involved. And uh, should we should we say Some people do more in in, in quantity. Less in quantity, important thing is that uh, people are doing, people are caring, people are doing doing something significant. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly it's not wasteful for somebody to, to do Avinu Makenu. Certainly 
person can care. And his Rav decided that it's better not to do a Vinu Lakeno. It's, uh, from my, my perspective, it's, it's, it's uh, all good. With the proper intentions, which Baruch Hashem abound. One thing I always find is when when we get on the phone with someone who's in Israel right now, I feel like we become the people getting chizuk, whereas it's we our intention is to provide it, but instead we end up receiving it. Yep, that's so for sure. I don't know, but thank you. Yeah, okay. I have I have yeah. the same feeling when the. When I uh, come in contact uh, contact with soldiers and uh, things like that, I have two sons are in the army now. Uh, not that much they're allowed to tell me, so I don't get uh, too many stories. But uh, everybody has their own experiences. Hopefully, they in, unfortunately have come uh, inspired from funerals. Um, uh, hopefully, we get an inspiration in, in happier ways. Hopefully, tonight was uh, for me it was a nice opportunity to uh, to discuss uh, certain things. Again, there are many, many, many different types of questions that come in, and um, some of a standard basis, a simple little hoch about uh, questions. A Talmud uh, sent me a question about uh, in his hideout spot, which he he had. He described it to me and asked, is he allowed to carry within it? Is it considered a shuti achin and a shuti achin? That could be, you know, a question on somebody on a camping trip. Uh, well, you're saying he's he, like he's in a foxhole that, that created a shuti achin. I mean, he had like wall. I mean, it, it, that's... Yes, he had a few walls, a little bit walls, yes, a little bit walls, not a roof. So, uh, yeah, all the different types of questions. Halacha, Baruch Hashem. Is equipped answers for just about everything. By the way, can uh, I can so I ask I, you what you what you decide? I know it's specific. What do you what do you decide for that fellow? About inside and outside, the inside I thought was fine, and the outside I thought was not. I don't know. That was in his specific uh, camouflaged hut. But there, uh, I'm I'm going to guess that this was a unique. I'm not sure every single you know Talmud is always would be thinking about these kinds of things. I'm just saying I don't know who this fellow is, but he made an impression on me. Let's just say Talmud is also a young Yes, I I I assumed as much. So interesting. But you know it's it, it's it's incredible. You know every so many people care so much. I I remember a story that uh, uh, to use a very name of a very important and beloved uh, rabbi uh, in your area was during one of the smaller wars that we had here of Shechter Shlita was, was in town but gave a shear on it was in the summer I don't remember if the shear was about the laws of, of the nine days or was about war but any case the the, uh, the uh, two came together and he told he got, he got questions about I'm in the army, and the only rations that I have are fleshik. Am I allowed to have it during the nine days? And Rav Shechter choked up and said, like from an intellectual basis, that's such a stupid question. Obviously you can. But it's such a beautiful question that that's what somebody's thinking about at a time like that. You know, I, I, I am at war, but I'd rather not, I'd rather not uh, skip out on, on anything that uh, I should be doing uh, to the Kutsoshiyud, the smallest minute detail. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sentiment. And Baruch Hashem, uh, Klai Yisrael shines at different times. 
we should shine in difficult times and then remember how to shine just as bright and even brighter in wonderful times uh, until all the times are wonderful on a consistent basis. Amen. Wow. Okay. I liked I liked Roshachta's anecdote. I like your anecdote. Um, that will certainly stay with us. Um, Right now, right, man. I think. Uh, thank you, uh, Lila. I guess we'll. Uh, I think uh, we'll look forward to. Re- I guess I'll look forward to reading this week's as well. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we'd, I was maybe asking about some of the concepts of war and halacha, but I don't know if we need to we'll, speak about we'll that. Save it for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, man. Thank you very much, Lila Tov. Lila Tov. Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way, please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts.